episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I chat with small business owners. We dive into their stories, perspectives, pieces of advice. Now, with me today is Alessandra, the founder and owner of A&H Studios. Alessandra is the first guest to return on the podcast to give an update on her business. You can listen to her first episode of Virtual Coffee from back in September of 2020. It's episode number 21. Now on this episode, she dives into her business's growth and how she scaled. She shares tidbits on how to grow on Instagram and how she figured out the wholesale game. Now this is a really fun episode. It was lovely to have her back just to give updates on A&H Studios and I hope you check her and her business out. Now before we dive into today's episode, as always, I'd appreciate if you gave a rating and review for Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also follow us along on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the social medias. You can find us at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Happy Tuesday. I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, Alessandra. Thank you so much for returning on Virtual Coffee. Thank you so much for having me, Alexa. It's great to be back. Hope you've been well. Yeah, you too. You too. And yeah, so you were on episode 21 way back in the beginning. It was September 15th, 2020. So over a year ago, which is awesome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I know. So I'm really looking forward to hearing where you're at now, what you've been doing over the past year. Um, And we can kind of start wherever you want and dive in. So I know you went through a brand change, you're doing wholesale, you're stocked in stores around the country. So wherever you want to start, Let's go from there and and we'll see where the conversation takes us. All right. So the first thing I want to address, I mean, thank you so much for bringing up the brand change. Mm -hmm. That's something I didn't even think about. But yeah, (laughs) I should let people know that I am no longer Abby and Harry. I rebranded and renamed the the company. It's A&H Studios. So it's Abby and Harry Studios. And the reason I did that, Abby and Harry was a starting point when I began the whole process of the business, but I never intended it to be my final business name. It was just something that kind of works in the moment. And as I began to evolve and grow and change my products, it didn't feel right anymore. It just Mm. felt a little too kitschy. It felt a little bit too, it just didn't fit my vibe or my style as Mm -hmm. I just started developing that. And I'm not even sure the A&H Studios is going to be the final iteration either, but it's where I am now. So as I'm still growing and I'm not quite a household name, um, I think (laughs) it's okay to play with names and change things around um, yeah. a little bit so you find your your grounding. Was there any confusion from your customers or audience with the brand change? Or do you have any tips and tricks for people who, to your point, you know, maybe the original name isn't fitting quite so well and they want to change it? But I can imagine that being scary. Like you've built this audience based on one name and to change it and to change the branding. Um, did you go through any lessons there or, or have any advice? You know, I kind of just, I took it in steps. I didn't do it all mm-hmm. at once. I was kind of playing with the A&H Studios for a few months. I would change little things like my my earring cards that say A&H ah. Studios on there first. 
for my wholesale customers. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, that's you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I was playing with the eight inch studios for a little while, and I, I would do things like I said, put it on my earring cards, or tag it, or change just some like my checkout, like on my website, change yeah. little, little things here and there. So people kind of just started seeing it and like associating it with Abby and Harry. And then when I made the final push, all I literally did was just, I mean, my domain is still abbyandharry.com because okay. I own the domain for the rest of the year, but like my Facebook, my Instagram, all like the social platforms, I just changed one day and just kind of announced it. And I'm like, Hey, new name. And mm-hmm. it was really seamless and easy. Nobody was, I didn't like notice that my traffic was down. My engagement was down. Nobody really seemed to see a difference. I have a really strong brand vision. Like my, my aesthetic is very recognizable. I Mm -hmm. believe like when you see something on Instagram, like, you know, like, Oh, that looks like Abby and Harry, you know, I'll buy my, my photos and stuff and my jewelry. So I think that is more important than the actual name you're seeing. I don't, I don't even know anybody's Instagram name. I know them based off their jewelry that they make, you know, like that's how I recognize them. I don't recognize them by their handle at all. So I don't know that that made that much of a difference. Yeah, no, I think those are great points. Because I think with a change like that, I feel like you can either do it how you did it, making little changes here and there where people don't even notice. And then they're just, oh, yeah, it's always been, you know, A&H Studios, like they don't even notice the change. Or I've also seen folks like you make it the big deal, right? Like one week until the new brand name or something. And it's almost like this big reveal, this big event. So I feel like there's like two extremes there. And I, I think both have been successful in the past for folks. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, since this isn't my final destination of a name, I didn't want it to be that big of a deal. Right. I kind of wanted it to be very seamless and very like kind of quiet and subdued and it worked. It, It was fine. There was no hiccups. Like I said, it was easy. So I don't really see a point in doing a big reveal, but if that's your thing and that's like, you have a name you've been like working towards and you get everything put together and you really want to change it, then go for yeah. go for that. Right. Yeah. And how you were saying it's more about recognizing the aesthetic and the brand visually than, you know, right. the name. Did that take you a while to build that? Cause you're totally right. Like, yeah, I recognize your post when I'm scrolling on Instagram. Like it is very yeah. recognizable. Like, how did you get to that point? Oh, it's totally organic. So back when I started the whole Abby and Harry or A&H Studios, I had an, a kind of an idea of like what I was attracted to, like mm-hmm. visually. I liked really like bright white. And I learned like some like the basic tricks of like photography and like flat lays and stuff. And I played with it a lot. And then it kind of just started evolving. And as I started creating different pieces of jewelry, I started seeing things that I liked better, things that felt more organically me, things that were, uh, made me feel the most me on the inside. Those are the pieces that I kind of curated together to create my brand. Mm-hmm. I, and I have done plenty of work that I do not feel is my voice or my artistic style at all. And I mm-hmm. like, kind of want to like shun it. Like, don't even look at that. <laughs> Um, it doesn't, it's not brand on brand at all. It's not aesthetic at all, but these were custom orders for people who requested specific things for their brands. But yeah, it's really, it's been an evolution. It's been about two years of evolving the brand into this kind of light, airy, ethereal, vintagey, boho-y, weird Taylor Swifty, Britney <laughs> <Swifty> vibe. <laughs> 
That's yeah, my like, favorite vibe. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty here for it. I am so much of my brand. You see so much of my personal life on my Instagram and that's the way I want it to be. I want people to be able to connect with me as a person. So I really do use personal things in my branding. I use the music that I love. I use the colors that speak to me. I use the soft and the hard and the soft. You know, I, I like pretty feminine things. So I'm going to yeah. use it. Yeah, that's very inspiring because I think it's hard or it's easy to get lost in others on social media and like what you see and oh I really like this person's aesthetic but you know obviously I don't want to copy it exactly or it's very easy to get lost in that which of course it's great to take inspiration from others but you do really show yourself in your brand and I, I think that's hard to do it's challenging to get there you know for me it's I didn't really ever feel like it was that much of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I can totally understand how it could be, but I'm a very open and extroverted person naturally. So like for me, I don't mind sharing my life and myself and my struggles with anybody. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm not afraid of that, but I totally understand that like it is the biggest turnoff or fear for a lot of people. Sure. But you know, there, I have met some great women with small businesses over the past year who that's my biggest a piece of advice, like to get people to get followers and people engaged yeah. with Instagram is be your authentic self, like be you, your brand and have people fall in love with who you are, you know, because they're, that's what they're buying. They're buying into you. They're not, they're buying your pieces, but they're buying your pieces because they love who you are. No, that is great piece of advice. How do you, one of my biggest struggles is remembering to post things like on stories and stuff, right? Because I'm fine with sharing, you know, about my day, but I'll go to, for example, like a coffee shop or hang out outside and the whole day goes by. I'm like, wow, I didn't. Yeah, I wish I posted that somewhere. It, that was a good experience and also could be good content. And I want to share that. How do you remember <laughs> to do that? Oh, I feel like the days that I'm, it's such a mixed bag. Like mm. there's days that I have 50 bajillion orders to get through and it's just, I cannot remember like, and I'm beating myself up over, oh, I didn't make a reel of that. Or right. oh, I that. like, I definitely forget too. And I, I do like sharing. So when I'm doing personal things, I like sharing it. Like mm -hmm. my phone is always in my hand and I'm addicted to this stupid thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I might not always, I'm definitely much more into like the stories, like quick little posts on stories than an actual like grid post, if you will, mm -hmm. just because the stories are so much quicker. It's just something that is like such a, a part of my life that I can't imagine not doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really helpful. Even for me personally, like just hearing how others bring themselves into their brand and little things you do here and there and how you think of it too. It, it is very inspiring and motivating. Yeah. I mean, even if, you can always do something afterwards too. Like if you were like, wow, I really like, like I went to, you go to a coffee shop sure, um, and you forget to post about the coffee shop. Like you can always just post a picture of it from the internet later Yeah, or like yeah. just make like a little story and be like, oh my God, I had the best time at blah, 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 you know, brewery or wherever, like go check out this beer. Yeah. It, as yeah. you're thinking, oh, I should have done that. Just do it now. That's true too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be necessarily yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, not, definitely not. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank no, you. <laughs> I feel like I don't even think these things. So yeah. now you're giving me like regeneration. <laughs> Good. 
<laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You give your girlfriends like advice about a guy and then yeah. <laughs> don't take your own advice about the guy. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. One thing I really want to talk about is your growth specifically on Instagram. And by all means, we can talk about other socials as well. But you now have over 11K on Instagram, which is incredible. Congratulations for surpassing that 10K. That is awesome. Yeah, I just want to know, I I don't know, just everything about that. Like, how has that been growing? I wish I knew. I wish I wrote down the amount of followers you had when we talked over a year ago. I don't know. Do you, do you have any idea how many you had last year? Under 5,000. Okay. Um, wow. I would say probably between three and four. Yeah, because it, it was a pretty quick growth because I hit my 10K in May. Wow. wow. I remember that day, like, did the balloons and yep. – post and everything went out for like champagne with my then like guy I was seeing. Yeah. But yeah, I think like, I don't remember. I want to say it was like around 3000 when we spoke last. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. How did that, do you even know how that happened or is it just? Yeah. So I really worked hard at it. It was a, a very thoughtful activity. Okay. Well, there were some, I started like reading blogs and like just checking out like what was on the internet about like how to grow your Instagram, how to be more seen. And there was so many helpful hints. I think I also like joined clubhouse for a little while. I had an invite when it was invite only. And I was listening to some other like boss babes. Yep. I don't actually tell you any information to be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all just jargon and rhetoric at <laughs> each other. Oh, that's funny. Oh, Stay hot. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So things that I very specifically did was the biggest thing is you don't want to post and ghost when you're trying to build like a following. So you don't want to just post something and then not engage with it again. Mm -hmm. So if you're posting, you should be liking 20 to 30 other people's posts. And within those likes, drop like 10 comments. Because that really shows that you're extremely engaged with your community and that boosts you in the algorithms for your content to be reshared mm-hmm. and to be shown. Every single person for a long time, every single person that followed me, I followed back. Yeah. And then I was exposed to their followers and, you know, your, your net gets bigger. I stopped doing that probably before I hit 5,000. Yeah, I only have like, I'm only following like 4,700, I think. It just got to be too much. and right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's jumping on the, the Reels bandwagon. When those, when Reels came out, I jumped right on that because I was into TikTok at that time too. Yep. Um, and that increases your exposure. But really it's like, it's your stories and it's consistency. It's consistently yeah. blowing up. At this point, I just, I'm not even looking to grow my Instagram anymore. I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal for me. It's, I'm still getting 25 likes on a post just because I have almost 12,000 followers doesn't mean I'm getting more likes or anything like that. And okay. still the same amount of people. But, um, but when I was really focused on it, like I would take a couple hours a day and make sure that I was replying to people and I was commenting on other people's posts and I was sharing other people's stories and really like doing the work to get yeah. there it really was coming in droves for a while. You know what? That's really helpful because I think even I, thought that in order to grow, like you just focus on your own posts. And of course that's important too. you know, the consistency in posting and et cetera on that, but also engaging with 
others. All about engaging with others. Yeah. If Hmm. you happen to get a TikTok that goes viral, that helps too. I had like three of them, not TikTok, a reel. I had like two or three of them that went viral, like 75,000 plus views type of thing, over a hundred thousand. And that helped too. Cause then a lot of those people followed me. I mean, the followers are great and it's fun to see the number, like the little K, but I was talking about this with one of my girlfriends last night. It doesn't necessarily equal more sales. So it's not something you like, I really wouldn't recommend like coveting it. Mm. It's not that important, you know, like it's cool to see it, but like for me, it didn't, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Sure. You know, like I said, I'm still getting the same amount of likes because at the end of the day, like these people might've just followed me, but they're not still engaged with me. I don't know who these people are. A lot of them are probably bots. A lot of them are just randos who have no idea who they are, but my core people are still engaging with me. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm getting like my regular 25 to 50 likes on a post. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause people get, including myself, so hung up on that follower count. Right. But it yeah. totally makes sense what you're saying. Like even take this podcast, for example, getting followers on Instagram, they still have to go and click into the podcast on a different app and listen to it, right? Yeah. Like that's what I'm selling is yeah. like listens essentially. Yes. And same for anything. If you're selling something, they still have to go and buy something. Like at the end of the day, that's your goal, right? Is, yeah. yes. is the product exactly. you're selling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not making money off people who are following me. So right. do I care? I mean, right. of course, every person is a potential customer, but mm-hmm they're not buying. So it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Right. I'm sure there's a balance there where, you know, like the 10 K I know is nice to hit. Cause you get the like links in the stories. Right. And Don't even certain get those things. they took those away. Oh, huh. so you used to get the, t- the swipe up and within like, like this summer, like I get my 10 K within like two months, they took it away. Hmm. Cause so, I know there's the links, but can anyone do the links now? I don't know. Maybe. Huh? Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Interesting. Let, yeah. Let me test it out. Let me know if you. Yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. No, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Followers thing is just such an interesting topic. Yeah. Cause I wonder if like, does the 10 K help when, you know, shops come to your page and want to sell your jewelry out of their stores? Like, do they think, Oh, like, okay. She has a lot of followers. Like it is credibility, right. To an it extent. Is. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I'm sure there's like a point there where it passes X number or X engagement, like it starts to matter less. Like you're saying, you don't even really think about it now, right? Because you kind of hit that point. Right. And that's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's like self-fulfilling at this point, but it is, I'm still getting followers all the time and I'm still hitting numbers. You know, I get plenty of people who unfollow me too. So, you know, but I'm not really concerned about it. It's not that I'm trying to improve because it doesn't give me anything in return. Yeah, that's great. It's a great, you point. know, like it, it's not, it's not doing anything. It's feeding right. my ego, but that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great point. Like what value are yeah. you, you as an anyone getting out of the follower count or take that for any stat? Yeah. That's right. a good point. Right. Right. The ones I care about more are like shares or saves, mm-hmm. because that means that that person like really finds the value in my content. Like the save is my favorite one, honestly. That, that's the metric I look at the most because that means that somebody felt so strongly about what I posted that they want to look at that again. They want to remember that either they're a creator and they want to, they were inspired by my work or they are a customer, potential customer, and they want to buy that piece. That to me is a huge, a huge metric because anybody can like 
right? You can just go through and like, right. but the save is an actual intention. Think about it before you save things. So that is the most fulfilling one, I think. No, that's a great point. I wonder how many people even look at that. I feel like that's an under underrated, undervalued stat there. Yeah. Yeah. Great points there. Another thing I wanted to dive into is your wholesale. And I I noticed you're stocked in so many shops across the country. Like, how did those things come to be? You know, I'm sure it, it also happens pretty naturally, like with growth and as you grow, but what's the story behind, behind that growth? Yeah. So right after we talked, like Mm -hmm. within two weeks after we talked last, I was approached by another maker. She does like bracelets or something. I don't even know if she's still in the game, to be honest, but she reached out to me. I was like, Hey, you got to join these Facebook groups for wholesale. Ah. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And oh my God, Alexa, that is a whole other beast in itself. (laughs) I finally mastered it, but it took so long to like figure that out, especially through Facebook. I mean, because there are people on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got into it in October of last year. So I just hit about one year doing wholesale. Okay. October of last year. And we all know what the world looked like in October of last year yep. with everything going on and the stressors and the opinions and the Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And it was in these groups too. It was infiltrated. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to navigate that. However, that's all gone away and it's a lovely community again. But yeah, so there are plenty of Facebook groups for wholesale or de-stashing for handmade wholesales. There's a few of them there and you just post what you have. And people like it. So then I then created my own Facebook group for my followers to be able to see all my stuff directly. And I've been through every iteration of selling this whole stuff wholesale I could possibly come up with. And it's been really hard. It is not consistent at all. It's hard to get new people. It's hard to get people to buy, but you get, sometimes I get really good orders, you know? So everybody that I have listed on my stockist page right now on my website, they have purchased with me within the past like six months, I'd say. Okay. I don't know if they currently have my stuff in stock, but they are active customers of mine who potentially could order again, who I want to just keep like, they carry my stuff every once in a while type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of them are pop-ups. A lot of them are just online only Facebook group, like businesses. There definitely are like brick and mortars. But yeah, they're just like other like very small businesses throughout the country. It's really exciting to see it all listed in one place. It's like 35 or 40 of them. At yeah. This point. But it was a lot of work to get there. What were some of the challenges? Like, was it just the process was difficult to figure out or like making everything? Like, what what were some oh, of the challenges? So many. So when I first started, that woman who recommended that I joined the Facebook groups, she told me her biggest I, suggestion was to make things as simple as possible to turn them out as quickly as possible. So I was like, that's a great idea. I'm totally going to do this. So I started selling stuff and it was like so subpar to what I was produ- even producing then. So my quality was like not there. People were returning things. People were unhappy. Um, I had a huge blow with this one girl who returned $400 order. And honestly, she should have. It wasn't good. I, I didn't have color recipes, so I didn't have like standardizations to be really to be able to make okay. things were kind of coming out wonky. So that was a huge learning curve of like setting that stage. Yeah. Then trying to keep my group active and keeping them engaged in what I was making, 
then there was one point where people started wanting my jewelry that I had with like the brass adornments on them that I was doing like over the winter. And that was a challenge because I had to order that in bulk from another wholesaler in China. So mm-hmm. like I couldn't promise turnaround times and mm-hmm. it was, th- those were a lot of challenges there. And then I was, I had a big issue with a customer taking credit for my work, stealing my photos without my knowledge, telling oh. her customers that she was making, physically making my jewelry that she had not purchased for me yet. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that, that you got to go through. But right now I feel like I'm in a really good place. I, my jewelry is exceptionally better than it's ever been. I've made an amazing friend in this whole process who is also a clay jewelry artist and her stuff is just phenomenal. And so we share tips and tricks all the time and she's taught me some amazing techniques. So the stuff that I have right now, I don't worry about returns anymore. I don't worry about people being unhappy with the quality. Like that is there right now. It's mostly just getting people to order or reorder. Yeah. It sounds like that was a big learning curve, especially if it was you just turning out those orders on your own, right? That's yeah. a lot to figure out in the well, moment. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. still just me doing it. You know Zest, the cafe place, the cafe and art place here in town? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's on Strickland. Okay. Like yeah. So anyway, she ordered for me in the winter and she just reordered. So I've got an nice. order going out. So I'll be here in Raleigh again. Like I'll Good. actually have stuff in a, a Raleigh store. No, that's great. It sounds like, you know, once you kind of figure it out and kind of work through those initial challenges and kind of figure out the kinks and like what, you know, what processes you need to create for yourself to push out those orders. Like once you kind of figure it out and get into that groove, but yeah, it makes sense why that, you know, the first few, you know, months or X amount of time of that, it can be challenging. It sounds very challenging. It, It for sure was, you know, and I've made improvements. So like I've learned how to embed the posts into the clay. So like the posts right. don't pick off anymore. I have like th- different finishing techniques. All of my jewelry is hypoallergenic now. Nice. So I've made that upgrade, cool. which is a huge one. And I offer like, instead of trying to offer like really, really basic, like a lot of little basic pieces, I'm offering fewer, more complicated, more intricate, beautiful pieces. Honestly, yeah. like that's what people want in their stores. They don't want like some crappy little handmade thing. Like they want mm-hmm. something that doesn't look handmade. They want something that's like yeah. beautiful to show because at the end of the day, it's their business too. Yeah. So. No, it, it's all about just constant improvement, right? Like you're always going to grow and I'm sure you're going to in another year, look back and be like, wow, I've grown so much, you know, I know, I know. These things. so yeah, it's, that's exactly what you should be doing in the processes and progress you should be making as, yeah. as a business owner. I think that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, congrats on figuring out the the wholesale, right? And kind of making it through those initial challenges. It's great you didn't give up because I could see that being a very easy thing to just say, ah, oh, I'm not going to do that. It's too hard, too challenging. But then you're missing out on, on a great opportunity and now you're getting those return orders. Exactly, exactly. And one more little thing I want to add in there yeah. is like, so I joined a bound, which is a wholesale like marketplace. I joined them about a year ago and they've been great. And then I recently just was accepted for fair, which is another one, like a nice. really high level one. So, um, anybody listening and you're interested <laughs> in amazing Paul Murphy jewelry, I'm on a bound and fair. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. No, congratulations. That's Thanks. great. Yeah. Thanks. I think last time, correct me if I'm wrong, but last time we talked, were you selling on Etsy? 
I had just gotten off Etsy. Okay, you had just gotten off. Yeah, how's that transition been? I'm assuming you're happy with the decision. Yeah, it's been night and day. Good. I was only on Etsy for about six months. And this started in 2019 when I started anything, like making Mm -hmm. play stuff. I opened an Etsy then. And then I closed it last summer. I think I had nine sales the entire like six or eight months I was on Etsy. And I'm closing in at, uh, let me see. I'm, my last order was 821. Wow. That's so awesome. 821 orders in a year. Congrats. That's cool. <laughs> that's Thanks. awesome. I have no idea how many pairs of jewelry that like, earrings that is. but oh, Yeah, because wow. that's just orders. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. orders. Yeah. I just had an order go out to um, a store in Oklahoma in Tulsa. And um, it was a good size order. And I think there was... 300 pairs of earrings. Wow. wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's the day in the life like for, for you and your business? Like, are you every single day cranking out excellent pairs or <laughs> I wish, um, no, so it is, it's so it's very seasonal and it's very hit or miss. And it's, it's not something you can really just like count on making X amount of dollars this month. Right. Sure. Like it's, hard to budget that because you you don't know when you're going to get another sale and you don't know how big that sale is going to be. So two weeks ago, I had six orders on one day, which was insane. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. And they were huge orders. So for about five or six days, I was working 13 hour days, like waking up, talk to my mom, put my podcast on and get right to work. And I'm just working straight through until eight o'clock at night. But then this whole past week, I had no orders. So I worked part-time for my brother a little bit and I got to go thrifting and I got to catch up on TV. I did a lot of advertising and I also did a lot of product development and making new pieces too and building my fair account. But yeah, like I'm, I'm reaching out to new businesses. I'm sending them invite links to fair because new people get, you know, hundred dollars to my store and free shipping. So a lot of reaching out to small businesses and what I'm not making, it's a lot of marketing. Mm-hmm. Even if, yeah, those, um, if you're not working on an order, there's so many other aspects of the business to work oh, on. So, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. always doing something, whether right. I'm in the groups or I'm replying to comments or I'm making new pieces, getting ready for the next season, looking into markets, looking into pop ups. It's always something to do. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. And where are you hoping to, uh, you know, I know I asked you this last time, but the future of AH Studios, do you have any? big plans coming up you want to share or uh, big milestones you're hoping to achieve in the next year or two? Yes. I would love to listen to this podcast again. I want to see what I said last time. I know. Yeah. Over the the spring, I was at the Raleigh flea market. I had a a booth there for a few weeks um, and I ended up stopping that because it got too hot for the summer, but I am going to pick that up after the fair leaves in November. So it's every weekend. So that's like a kind of a big thing. People loved coming to my booth and hang out, see my jewelry. I do a lot of pieces there, like my samples, my one-offs, my prototypes is really what I bring to market. So that's fun because you can get like the, the first edition of this popular earring or one-offs that nobody else is going to have type mm-hmm. of thing. So that I'm going back in um, November. So that's going to be really exciting. Where else I want to take it? I would love, I don't know how to do this yet, but like, I just want to be in bigger stores. I love being in small shops too, but like, I would love it if I could get even just one retail store that's a chain or a franchise that I could be in like a Francesca's or 
altered state or, you know, something kind of like that feel, not like a forever 21. Cause that's insane. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like Paisley, like at, at the mall, like Paisley's or like Versona or Bestique, like that right. would be really cool if I can get into a store that's like that. That's kind of one a goal for next year and re- really just branching out as much as possible. I want to get into more markets, do more pop-ups. And, you know, now that things are kind of settling down and vaccinations and stuff, I feel more comfortable doing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really I just want to just keep scaling and scaling and scaling and growing as much yeah. as I possibly can. Yeah, no, it sounds like you built, you know, you've achieved the solid foundation and now it's time to grow upwards, right? And yeah. just yeah. continue to scale. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I should have listened to the other episode before recording this because I want to know if your proudest accomplishment has changed. <laughs> I don't know what you said last time. We'll have to check back. But what would you uh, what would you say today? <laughs> oh, being in all the stores cross country. I for sure. Yep. When I look at that list, it just makes me want to like cry. I know um, it's incredible. It really it, is. It's amazing. And I've been in. So I have sold to forty six states. Wow. Retailer wholesale. I've sold to 46 states. I'm looking at you, Delaware. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Island, Wisconsin, and I think Nevada. Okay. Um, so yeah. shout out to those listeners. Shout out to you guys. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've sold to seven different countries. Like, I'm in wow. Europe and I'm Australia. Like, it's it's really cool to, like, that's that's exciting. I think mm-hmm. that's my past accomplishment is just the spread and like knowing my pieces are being worn by people no idea who they even are across the world. Exactly. Like something you made is being worn. Yeah. yeah. All the way over and there. Yeah. Like just like the jewelry, like in the winter, I was doing a lot of stickers and I did those Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders stickers. A lot of that sold internationally and throughout the country and stuff. So that was, that was a cool little thing yeah. right there. But yeah, I think it's just, it's the exposure and it's being around the country. Again, congratulations on on all the growth this past year, Thank and you. I will I'll have you back in another year, and we can see yeah. what, what the changes are. But yeah, thank you so much for coming back, Alessandra. I really appreciate it. And please shout out, you know, where can everyone find you in A and H Studios? Yes, yes, yes. So um, you can find me. Oh my god, I feel like a real podcast. <laughs> Put your pluggables in. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram. I am shop.ahstudios. Facebook, same deal, shop.ahstudios. My website is still Abby, A-B-B-I-E, and Harry. You can find me on Abound and Fair. It's F-A-I-R-E. Um, and the website is Hello Abound. They're two wholesale marketplaces. Um, you can just search for AH Studios. My information should come right up. And yeah, if you have any questions, comments, you know, whatever, slide in my DMs. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being back on. I hope everyone checks out A&H Studios and yeah, thank you for updating us on everything. Congratulations again on everything you've oh, achieved so, so far. Thank you so much, Alexa. Thanks for having me. Awesome.